Hi there, healers. My name is Dave of Dave of the Flames. I'm a Reiki teacher, life coach, and a clear cognizant. I blend these energies so that I can help you be the healer that you are meant to be. You work hard at taking care of others. Heal the Healers is a podcast that will help you find ways to take care of yourself. Do you often find yourself tired, low on energy, and overcommitted because you can't say no? I want to give you the tools to make you stronger so that you can work smarter and help more people around the world. No matter what healing modality you do, this podcast is for you. And welcome everyone to episode 12. We are here today with Dr. Christina Bjorndal. Uh, Dr. Chris has written a book called Beyond the Label, 10 Steps to Improve Your Mental Health with Naturopathic Medicine. And I have to say that this is an incredible book. And Dr. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for reaching out and it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, no, this is awesome. Your, your book is, it, it's such a, a great thing to, to bring into this world because you're a naturopathic doctor. And a lot of times um, when you say the word naturopathic to people, they, they automatically just, just shut down, you, you know? And, and it's funny because as a, as a life coach and as a Reiki healer, I will talk a lot um, about balance, you know, and, and I'll tell people you need to have a balanced diet of whole foods. And, and I'll, I'll go into, you know, you, you, when you go to the doctor, you really shouldn't, um, get all these medicines just for the symptoms. Let's figure out the root cause, you know, and, and I talk about that with people. And then when, when they're all in and they're, they're listening to me, I'll say, well, why don't you go um, to a naturopathic doctor? And they're like, oh no, I don't believe in them. I said, <laughs> well, our conversation for the last 15 minutes has been everything that you would talk about with a naturopathic doctor. And they're like, really? <laughs> you know, and it's such a stigma. You know, oh, if, you yeah. use, if you use the word balance, they're all in. But as soon as you say naturopathic, it's, it's this thing. And do you find that? Is that something that oh, you come gosh. across? Yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was just saying earlier today, I, I started to see a naturopathic doctor myself in 1994. And I would love to get to the point where when I actually, by the time I retire, that I say to somebody, what's naturopathic, you know, do you know about naturopathic medicine? And they actually say yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Instead of that glazed over look and they're like, what are you talking about? And then just, you know, to speak to that, the point that you made that there, there is a lot of misunderstanding about what we do and who we are and, and, and the role that we play in health. So I, um, I think that everybody should have a naturopathic doctor as part of their healthcare team. I, I completely agree because getting, getting to that root cause for me, like, like in my own health situations for things, um, you know, I, I would, I went to a, uh, I'm a disabled veteran. So I go to the VA mm -hmm. and, and I had some knee yeah. problems and, and it was just like, here, let's load you up on pain medicine. Yeah. And, and, and it was just like, they, I was just given pain, pain after pain, after pain. I, I couldn't walk. I had a really hard time. This was about 10 years ago. And, um, and finally, I, I went to a naturopath and it's like, let's find out the, the root cause. And my naturopath worked with a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. And then, then I ended up with a chiropractor where, where they referred me, they worked in conjunction with each other. And th they took x-rays and found out that my hips were not aligned. Mm -hmm. And it was causing a pull on my IT band. And so, so just by working through the root cause of this thing, once I did like a month's worth of treatment with a chiropractor with my hips and going to the naturopathic and changing my diet and, and getting some different supplements, it was night and day and I could walk in my life transform. Absolutely. Uh, for, I mean, that's for the, the thing, better. right? Yeah. I mean, 
it's it's not you know we really need to be considered as first line medicine and you know you talk about for you and, and for everyone we need an integrated approach to our health so it's not just one piece of the pie which is often the traditional medical doctor but chiropractic is very important to work on the spine and an osteopath is important for the working on the fascia and a massage therapist is important for working on the muscles and a naturopathic doctor is important for working on the structural and the physical and the nutrient side of things and not only that for me it's about working on not only the physical but the mental the emotional and the spiritual aspects mm -hmm. and our whole goal is to address and figure out what is the root of the problem and restore the person back to balance not just simply palliate or placate them by giving them pharmaceuticals to cover up perhaps what the symptom is right to take the pain away but then you stop taking that medication and your pain comes back you haven't solved anything right yeah, and, and it just gets worse and worse and then the pain feels like it's stronger and stronger mm -hmm. And, and I've seen this stuff in my whole family because in my in my family they're, they're not very woo woo like I am in, in a lot of ways and they're very traditional and, um, and, and I I take blood pressure medicine you know I go to the VA I, I do this stuff but I don't rely solely on the VA I take my medical care in my own hands mm -hmm. and, and and I I listen to their advice but I also research herbs or you know um, mm -hmm. different herbs in my health different natural supplements different food that will affect my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And what I've done by doing that is they used to give me three very powerful blood pressure medicines. Now, because of this, the naturopath doctor I went to, and then the herbs I take, I only have to take one of those pills nice. and, then, yeah. and then I take my herbs. So I'm, I'm using Western and Eastern medicine together, but, but I am 100% responsible for my own well-being, and I'm informed and, and, and what I'd like for people to, to, as you're listening today, I want you to realize that you don't just do something because you're being told to by a doctor. Like my, my mother has uh, cancer and the mm -hmm. doctors tell her that she has to do all this assistance. And I'm, I'm always like in the back of like, no, 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 you know, uh, it's just, I, my voice is very small uh, when it comes to, to that. But she listens to the doctor blindly and, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. Be, yeah. you know, you're in charge of your body. Yeah. So, so, so I've got a lost cause with her. <laughs> I respect her decision and I, I will support her. Right. But there are, so, there are so many healers that are listening to this podcast right now that they know, every one of you who are listening if, uh, for this, you know that we have a great network. Like, like she said earlier, we, we are naturopaths. We, we are Reiki. We are acupuncturists. We are chiropractors. We refer to each other. We mm -hmm. have a great network of healing um you know i myself my business partner uh is an herb herbologist you know so mm -hmm. she makes pinchers and herbs mm -hmm. and, and all these different things to help the immune system right now that and she, things are flying off of her shelves and she's mm -hmm. making a difference mm -hmm. um because she, she literally goes out into the woods and picks berries and mushrooms yeah and, and makes tinctures of them and it's so healthy yeah. So this is the thing. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Canada. And so in Canada, we, you know, we have a different system, but the, the, the problem with the system is, or the collective consciousness of, of Canadians is they feel that it's their God-given right that healthcare is provided for them by the government. And I also used to fall into that belief system, but that system is only going to take you so far. And I am grateful for the system that we have. However, it's not a system about health. It's a system about crisis management. So ultimately, there's a, one article on my blog that is called, what price are you going to put on your health? And if anything, this current environment that we're in is highlighting the fact that you need to take responsibility. And there is a lot more that you could be doing than washing your hands and wearing a mask. 
in this pandemic. So things like, you, you know, naturopathic doctors are for people who, you know, listening that may still be wondering, well, what do we do and who are we? You know, we are trained like medical doctors in terms of the sciences. So we dissect cadavers, we study pharmacology. It's just that where I currently reside, we don't have prescription rights. In some provinces and in some states in the United States, naturopathic doctors do have prescription rights. So essentially we are primary care physicians. And, but what guides us differently is some of our principles and philosophies, one of which is root cause medicine, figuring out what the root is. But the modalities that we use primarily are nutrition, diet, supplementation, and botanical medicine, the herbs, um, acupuncture, we're, we, lifestyle medicine, I have additional training in, in five types of counseling. So here's the thing, we are kind of like the GPs of the alternative world, but I don't even like using that world alternative because I don't think we are alternative. You know, if you study back in the beginning of time, we actually were here first. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then, then we got taken over, right? By right by big pharma. Yeah. Basically, it, it, it's, it's one 100%. I agree with you. Yeah. We've been around for thousands and thousands of years. We've been using these things to, to help and, and to thrive and, and, yeah. and to, to create this society that we did. But then some people took control and said, no, this is taboo. This is bad for you. It's voodoo. You don't do it. You know, if, right. if you want to, if you want to live a normal life, then here, take this prescription. That's and right. It, it, it's terrible. You yeah. Know, and people and people just fall into it. And part of part of my coaching is is I, I literally I tell people you have to take control of all aspects of your life. One yes. thing about your one thing about your book that I love is that it focuses on self love, mm -hmm. overcoming shame. I mean, you're you're very vulnerable in your book. That your first, uh, I believe it was eight to ten chapters you tell your story and right. you, you, you let it out there and you're extremely vulnerable. You talk about all the stuff that you've been through and all of the things that, that have happened to you with, with, with farm, pharmacological drugs and how they mm -hmm. affected you, all these different things with, with, with just things that, that when I read, I was like, holy cow, um, this is, you're a survivor. But the thing mm -hmm. that you did is you built resiliency and mm -hmm. you question things mm -hmm. and, and the resiliency, because you've been through much and you question things, led you to truly loving yourself in, in, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways is, is what comes through. And then mm -hmm. your book is all about, hey, we are going to help you and we're going to help you through your diet, supplements and detoxification and stuff. But first, you have to believe that you're worthy. That's right. And, and yeah. that you have to overcome shame. And yeah. when I read that, that, when I read that in your book, I'm like, ding, 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 she gets it. Then I need to get this out of my pocket, you know. So <laughs> I was that, I was that excited because so many people don't understand that, right? Um, that that self worthiness and, and and overcoming the shame and you are worth taking care of yourself. You are worth sacrificing yourself for. That's right. Um, and your book is so great about that. What what brought you to that? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it didn't get there overnight, let me tell you. I mean, it took, it took me a while. But uh, the, the spirit, really the spiritual turning point or this, what I refer to as the spiritual crisis was my suicide attempt. And in, I, I've had three, I, as I was saying to you before we hit record, you know, 70% of what actually has happened in my life is not in the book. But there's still, and, and everyone's like, whoa, because there's already a lot in the book. Um, so I do reference that one. one um, and that's, you know, I'll just mention that as it can be a trigger for some people, but um, there has been three, but this is the, the, the big one that was the spirit, 
to me was the turning point. And so, you know, I had a this attempt and it left me in a coma with kidney failure. And I was on dialysis and told that I would need a kidney transplant. So I'm, you know, as I'm recovering in the hospital, first of all, when I came out of the coma, I, I can tell you I was not happy um, uh, that I was still here. I mean, I, I am, I joke now because I think if you can't make light of some of these things in your life, then I, I just think you have to find a way to find the light. So for me, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm, a, we, we laugh because I, you know, I'm a recovering overachiever, but yet this one area I seem to suck at, you know, trying to, to not, to not be here anymore. So, um, and my, you know, you probably heard the phrase, if you want to make God laugh, right. Make a plan. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so that, so when I was recovering and I was in my little state of negativity and, and huffiness about the fact and being mad at myself, basically, and pissed off with myself because I did, didn't work in it. My goodness me, it should have. Um, my friend gave me a book to read by Marianne Williamson called The Return to Love. And in that book, there's a quote on surrender, which goes along these lines that surrender is not about breaking out of anything. It's a gentle melting into who you really are. So you take off the armor and you discover that all God needs is just one sincere surrendered moment where love matters more than anything and nothing else matters at all. And so as I'm reading that, I, so I went, okay, surrender. Well, one thing I, I, I needed to have my moment of surrender, which I did. But I also realized that this word love, well, that's a foreign concept to me because I didn't love and accept myself. I had been at war with myself pretty much for, for a long time, definitely since I got that label, bipolar disorder. I was, for me, I put that as far away from me as humanly possible. And I didn't want anything to do with it. And that was not happening to me. Thank you very much. Okay, I don't, I don't, that's not happening to me. But the reality is, you know, you can't hide mania, right? That pretty much begs to be seen. Right. And, and Jeff Foster, who's a spiritual teacher uh, that I had the opportunity to hear and, and meet in person, talked about, it was the first person who taught me that until you shine the light of love on these parts of yourself that you don't like, love or accept, then, you know, chances are you're not actually going to heal when you're at war with yourself. And so that was 1994, the suicide attempt. I didn't hear that from Jess Foster till 2013. Okay, so that's several years, right, later. Um, and the book was out and I, and I realized that that's the journey I've been on, right? So you can, you can take some supplements and you can, um, and, and I started there too. I started with nutrition. I started with nutrition. I started with diet. I started with supplementation, but, but eventually you bump up, bump up against yourself, right? I bumped up against my beliefs, my core beliefs, my limiting beliefs, my shadow beliefs, my unconscious commitments. I take a look at all of that. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that I didn't like and love partly this label um partly you know i didn't mention this earlier but i talk about in the book i open the book with the fact you know that i'm adopted and and, and, and i think that was yeah. one of the, the most startling things is you were told when you were five that you were adopted yes and you thought that that meant that it was a temporary thing 
Yeah. And then, then you sat there for years just waiting for your birth monitor to come. Yeah. And and I never I never thought of it like that, that, that people would feel that. So when I when I read that book, like my heart went out to you, but what I I, I guess if it, it, you know, listening to this, if you do have adopted children or if you are adopted, please um Ask more ask questions. Them. Yeah. yeah. A- ask more questions. Yeah. And, and I'll never forget. Like, it was so, I was just going to say it's important, you know, because I, I, it wasn't something I was saying to my parents, when is somebody coming? Like I didn't. Right. Yeah. right? And then I remember, I, I distinctly remember this day driving with my mom and saying, you know, is somebody coming? Like, you know, it's just <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Well, I thought that, you know, and so we had the conversation and she, her heart just, sank she couldn't believe it that i that that's yeah because yeah, that was like eight, eight years later because mm-hmm. i think in the book you said you were like 13 yeah when, yeah when, when you said that. so yeah so you went eight years thinking that this was a temporary thing that you're <laughs> waiting for your birth mom to come and but you never voiced that to anybody so for you, for you living with that self-doubt and that unwantedness and thinking all these things i mean it, it that's very yeah. traumatic and, and every time but, the doorbell rang right we talk about stress right fight flight freeze or fawn the stress responses right every time that doorbell rang for me it was like is this it right. should, I go, should i go get my bag wow yeah <laughs> yeah it was it, i mean thinking and you know talking talking about it with you now and 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 writing about it it really i i it's 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 just to me it's really powerful and how we have to uh, you know, it, it, it. I've just spent a year studying with Gabor Mate, who's written um, several books. One's called When the Body Says No. He's written another book called uh, In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts, Close Encounters with Addiction. And he's interviewed me for his upcoming book, which is The Myth of Normal, Finding Sanity in an Insane Culture. And in, in talking with him, he, you know, he, he, he shares how there's two primary needs of children, attachment and authenticity and oftentimes in the case of trauma whether it's big t trauma little t trauma we have to we sacrifice our authenticity to maintain attachment and for me i think that attachment piece really suffered because because of the way i processed all of this so um you know what i did with that is i I, I became this overachiever perfectionist person that is going to not get sent back because wh- wh- who would want to send me back because I'm going to be so good right. that, right. But that's not realistic to be, no. be that way. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, because you, you never find peace. And again, you never find that balance. That's right. You, you know, and, and I think that led into your teenage years where you, you had bulimia. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 That's right. So, that's so, what so, started. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, and, you know what, prior to that, though, prior to that, there was anxiety and bullying and, and things that happened in childhood. But I think the, the biggest sort of from a mental health perspective, then was fed into that was the eating disorder for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the one thing that you wrote, you said, um, it, and, and this is hard, I'm sure, but it's like they, they had the I hate Christina club. Yes. Um, and, and then you you talked to your and then you your heart broke one day when your son came home yeah. and said that they had started that and you asked him about it and he's like yeah nobody joined and I was like that's freaking amazing you know yeah. just the, just the fact that you're able to you know that he has so much self self esteem and self esteem he's like no he told you about it first of all which is incredible and yeah. then he said nobody joined it's like that aha kind of thing yeah. um so it it's it, it, it was really so I, I laughed out loud about that part of your book because yeah. it, was, it was really really good that that he feels that way and that you're raising him with that kind of self-esteem is amazing 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's such a powerful story, right? Same yeah. ex- sort of same experience, you know, the I Hate Noah Club and the I Hate Christina Club, <laughs> two totally different outcomes, yeah. right? Um, and partly because we're very different individuals, right? I was not confident and I had a lot of um, challenges, especially in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really, really impactful story. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Th- these stories, like this first 10 chapters of your book, um, it, it, it's powerful because I, I kept reaching out to my own childhood. I kept reaching out to my own experiences. Like every time I would read a chapter about you, and then at the end of your chapters, you talk about how you put that into your practice and, and you know, different yeah. things. You, you, you literally, it, it's, it's, it was very therapeutic and cathartic for me to read this about you because mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm processing stuff from my own childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's one of the reasons that, that I liked your, your, your book so much. And, and then just talking about the things you do with, with self-love. And then when you talk about how nutrition affects that, because... I, I think that's the one thing with big pharma is they're, they're, they're throwing all the, you know, supplements, I think right now are a $30 billion a year industry. That, and that's not even big, part of big pharma, but the supplement industry, there's so many, there's so much information that you can't filter things through. And a naturopath is really good at, at saying, this is what the body needs. This is what's harmful. This is what's helpful. I mean, you talk about the dirty dozen, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the different things. And I've used the dirty dozen for years. When I was 411 pounds, the main reason that I lose weight was because I was introduced to what you call mindful eating mm-hmm. where, where literally I, I sat at a table with everything off, no phone, no nothing. And I just sat there and listened to my body and I ate slowly. I chewed. And then when I was full, I was done. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm, I'm still guilty right now because I'm so busy at times where I'm just <laughs> shoveling food in and I got five minutes <laughs> before a meeting and I'm like yeah. shoveling a whole plate. I don't even know if I'm hungry or not. My body's like, what just happened to you? Um, <laughs> uh, so, so I, I have to get back to my roots, <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. but literally it, it was crazy. So when you talk about mindful eating, um, and that, that, that really struck a chord with me, but the, the overall theme of your book is you have to forgive yourself for things mm-hmm. that, you, that you've done. And I, I just, I appreciate the fact that you did all this. What, what's been the outcome since you released this book and, and people have gotten your information? Has, has there been any like aha moments for you or people reaching out to you with aha moments? Yes. I mean, so yes, I mean, um, so (laughs) it's funny. Um, As soon as I hit the, the print button, so to speak, you know, as soon as it was like the publisher was okay, this is like, okay, there's no going back. (laughs) Right. I I had, I had a sense of panic. I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? Like it's out there now. Uh, right. However, um, the feedback has been incredible from readers and, and uh, pe- you know, broadcasters and other healthcare professionals. And, and um, I've had many opportunities to speak and share. And, and I think for me, you know, Dave, it's really about just sharing this message that it's not this or that form of medicine. It's this and that form of medicine, exactly. right? You're using everything at your disposal. Right. And, and also coming back to what you, you know, you were talking about earlier and this self-love piece, listen, this is a heal the healers podcast. So you can only take someone as far as you've gone. So the reason that I have done all of the work that I have done from a personal growth perspective is, and I continue to do so, 
like I just said, I just finished a whole year of psychotherapeutic training with, with Gabor Mate called Compassionate Inquiry. Wow. The reason I continue to always explore this avenue is, is potentially because I think that there's still, there's just so much to learn and so many opportunities to grow. So um, I, I want people to understand that you can't supplement your way out of these things. So yes, supplementation and diet, obviously diet is, is super important. And, you know, congratulations to you for making these changes and, and, and shifting your health in a positive direction. But it's, so the diet piece is the foundation, not the supplements. A exactly. lot of people do it the other way around, right? They, yeah. and, and I started the other way around too. So nobody ever asked me what I was eating. But a key point to understand here is that, and the reason I got better initially with the supplements and still having an, a terrible diet was because of the supplements were filling a lot of the cracks in my nutritional foundation. But once I had awareness that my diet did did not was not meeting basic requirements like make you know making trip to, like i was deficient in tryptophan which is is an essential amino acid that you need to make serotonin um i was deficient in phenylalanine so that goes on to make dopamine so there's important neurotransmitters obviously that can't be made if you don't have the nutritional building blocks from the diet so that's for me I think is important to get across to people. So the foundation is the diet piece. And then the other part around nutrition that is my pet peeve and, and you're touched, you know, you mentioned this is this mindfulness piece. So everybody's focused on what you eat. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, it's important. However, how you eat is super important too, because your nervous system has two branches, parasympathetic and sympathetic. And if you're in a sympathetic or stressed state, eating on the run, chomp, chomp, swallow, five minutes in between meetings, that kind of thing, yeah. right? You may not be in a parasympathetic state and then digestion's not going to happen properly. And then people wonder why they have heartburn and gas and bloating and constipation or diarrhea and all of these things, right? But the root of it to me is, okay, let's back up a step here. Like digestion doesn't start when you put food in your mouth, right? Digestion starts with the sense of smell when you're cooking that food. And a lot of people aren't cooking. So we have to get back to some more basic things here. And, I, and you don't have to be, uh, the joke in my household is, um, so I've created the mental health diet and, and a side book for people if they just want to do the diet step alone is the essential diet eating for mental health. Mm -hmm. But the funny part is, you know, my son will be like, but dad does most of the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't cook mom. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, I mean, I, I, I'm a product of that, that generation where, you know, my mom was pretty much a stay-at-home mom and she cooked all the meals and she just wanted me to focus on my studies. So I didn't really actually, I lived in my apartment. I think I mentioned this in the book. I lived in my apartment for eight years and I never used the oven, <laughs> right? I mean, except yeah. to bake some muffins perhaps, but I never, had, I didn't know how to cook a roast, cook a turkey. I mean, I was a vegetarian. So I'll give myself credit there because I wasn't <laughs> eating those things. But right. anyway, the point is that uh, you, the, the, the people need to understand that all the, all the systems in the body, and we have many, right? Cardiovascular and, and reproductive and pulmonary and urinary and digestive, et cetera. But what's the king system that controls them all, right? Your nervous system. So you have to move and teach people how to move into that sympathetic 
out of sympathetic part of me to parasympathetic. So, wow. yeah. That's awesome. The, um, the, the one thing that uh, I, I think hit me the, the hardest was the bit about caffeine. So you went in, you went into you went into some some very descriptive details about it and you know i live in the pacific northwest the home of starbucks you know is right yeah. in this area. Yeah. Um, and you know back when i i weighed so much um i worked at a barnes and noble so i have I've, oh. I've always had a big love of books but there was a starbucks right next door so I would go to Starbucks for breakfast. I would go to Starbucks during my break. I would okay. go to Starbucks after work because I was tired. And, and all of this caffeine and all of these calories. And I realized that I was drinking probably 4,000 to 5,000 calories a day. Were you getting these and, fancy drinks? Yeah, I was getting the, the fancy lattes and this teas and oh. all these different things. And, and it was just like, it, it was such an eye-opening. And this was about 10 years ago. Okay. Um, so so I stopped it and the my life, dramatically improved and, and yeah. I, I was I was one of those people was like oh no I can't live without Starbucks I can't live without it <laughs> um and, and but then when I realized the calorie intake I was getting uh I I didn't go through caffeine withdrawal so I was pretty fortunate with that oh. uh, now I'm just I'm a big water drinker I like I love water I have an alkaline filter in my house and nice you know so so I I, I drink water and you know and People pick them because I drink it out of a plastic bottle, but I'm like, well, I do Reiki on it, so it's cool. <laughs> but uh, I just keep refilling well, that plastic bottle. <laughs> I would say get treat yourself. <laughs> so I do have my glass bottles, but I still have my my pet plaza. It's really funny, but I get picked on by a lot of my my uh, my healing friends. They're like, stop drinking out of a plastic container. Yes, treat um, yourself <laughs> to the steel one. Come on. <laughs> so it's, it's really funny. Um, but but I do so I drink a lot of water and I enjoy it and I used to hate the taste of water back then, but when I I know a lot of people now who think ca they they can't live without caffeine. I know, and gosh. Caffeine. So can you, can you hit on that for us? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I I'm sure Howard Schultz, who's one of the, the founder of Starbucks, and his book Pour Your Heart Into It is is a book that I read many years ago, and um, I'm sure he you know, and I, and I would have a lively conversation as well as, um, you know, Dave Asprey, I'm sure he'll never have me on his podcast because, you know, he's all about coffee. So I think the thing is that you want to, first of all, coming back to this, this important word of, of balance, right. And moderation. So the reason I'm so harsh on caffeine is because I think if you have anxiety or if you have depression, or if you have bipolar disorder, or an eating disorder, that caffeine is more of a problem than it is an, uh, a help, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so, and people are using it. The main reason people use it is because they say they're tired. Mm -hmm. So for me, from a root cause, well, why are you tired? What's what, why? So what's happening with your sleep? What's happening with your stress? Well, let's look at those pieces of the puzzle, right? If you don't have energy, and you're using caffeine many and many people are not only coffee but these these drinks and things mm -hmm. the question is why are you tired that's the question we need to be answering mm -hmm. and understand that iron which can be a reason why people are many reasons why people could be tired low iron hormone thyroid issues poor diet not sleeping stress right there's many it's it's one of the things in natural medicine we talk about it's a branch right we want to treat roots and not so much chase branches. So it's a symptom that can have many root causes. But the, the, the problem with caffeine is 
it's a short-term fix for, but it causes more problems in the long run in the sense that it depletes minerals. So long-term drinking can contribute to the osteoporosis and tell somebody who's 20 that they don't care what's going to happen when they're 75, but you need to care because <laughs> bone health <laughs> stops, you know, bone health is done by the time you're 25, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, you can, you can maintain what you have, but, um, and then the adrenal gland piece of the puzzle, right? So it's a hammer on those adrenals and it causes them to pump out cortisol or adrenaline when if your adrenals aren't doing that naturally, there's a reason why, right? So I just think that it's a, and then, and then it's the diuretic. So for every cup of coffee you drink, you need to drink at least two glasses of water to neutralize that diuretic effect, let alone the acidic effect of it too. So it's just so many things. And then the other um, piece about it as well is, and this is what I think, um, what I like about Dave Asprey's work and what he's talked about with caffeine is there's a lot of mold in coffee beans. So depending on the source of your beans, that's also not a good thing for you. Yeah. So I actually, and sorry, and then I guess, I mean, I could talk about this a whole chapter in the book about it. So <laughs> I have a lot to say, but I'll just, my last point I'll make about it is, um, oh, dark, gosh, it just, oh yeah, I came back. It was, um, is it's not so much the coffee. It's what people are putting in the coffee. Right. So you talked about it. I didn't have a huge caffeine withdrawal, you said. And, and, and I asked you, well, were you drinking those fancy drinks? And you're like, yeah. So there's not that actually that much coffee in those fancy drinks. It's all the crap, like the sugar and the dairy, whatever's in them. Yeah. That, that's that's the problem, actually. Coffee, the pure in and of itself coffee, actually, um, you know, and, and, and this is where I say the balance. There is some new, nootropic benefits and good things can happen with a little bit of caffeine for sure. But it's about moderation for me. Right. So, and I, and I never, you know, I never was a coffee drinker. I was always waiting to use it like a drug um, in university, in my undergrad. I was always waiting to use it to stay up to pull an all-nighter. Right. And then yeah. I never, I never did. So then when I started working in the corporate world, you know, everybody's dragging themselves into the office and pouring a cup of coffee. Well, I was like, I thought I, I just, I never got onto that, but the, they had a, a machine that made um, mocha kind of thing and a caught chocolate with coffee. And I thought, Ooh, that I'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that for a little while. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't even really like it. And so I, I've just never been a, 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 a big coffee drinker so. Yeah, anyway. I, I, I definitely recommend if you're listening to this, that, that if you check out the book, definitely read about, she goes into a lot of detail about caffeine. Uh, and it's a lot of stuff that, that I've begun to realize. One one of the best things I did in my life was um, I, I went to a, a natural health one time and uh, actually did a juice cleanse. Oh, yes. And, yes. and I did, it was a three-day juice cleanse where I did the juicing myself. I, I, I was in control. I bought all the, I, I live in a very rural area, so I'm very fortunate because I, I can shop at farms nearby. Oh, nice. my, na my neighbors, I can just go and get all the, the, the vegetables I want. So I went and got all these vegetables and, and I, I, I juiced them for three days. I literally just drank juices. Um, I, I was, I had, I never once was hungry. I, I was intent. I had more energy in those three days than I knew what to do with. But what <laughs> I did is at the end of that, I started introducing foods back into my thing, one thing at a time. Yes. And, and I would journal and I would be, I would say, okay, so I'm about to eat this and let's see how I feel. So I, I put right down how I felt before I ate it. 
and then after I ate it, and then uh, several hours after that. Um, and the differences that I could tell in my body were amazing. And it lets me know things that I can and can't eat right now um, mm -hmm. of what makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad. So that was one of the nicest things I did um, when it came to that, but definitely getting rid of getting rid of caffeine and limiting my caffeine. So, cause I'm, I'm like, I take every now and then I'll, I'll get something, but nothing like I used to. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just one thing. So your book was very eye-opening about that. The other part of your book that I live my life by is your bedtime rituals. <laughs> you know, I, I'm very big on routines. I teach routines as a life coach. Mm -hmm. I teach routines to, to, to my healers uh, in order to help them um, succeed in a lot of ways. But you talk about, you know, the importance of sleep mm -hmm. and your bedtime rituals. Could, could you cover that a little bit for us? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So just sort of, the, you know, the 10 steps that I talk about for mental wellness are so diet, sleep exercise and managing stress that's sort of the foundation and then you then we want to look at our thoughts and our emotions and how we behave and react in the world the role the environment plays and then wrapping it all up in this idea of love compassion spirituality so oftentimes people say to me well what you know what's the most important like if i could just you know, do one thing right <laughs> sort of typical quick fix western society mentality that's an american so, way of thinking yeah, <laughs> yeah totally well i'm canadian too so the thing is that sleep, I think, so, so I always struggle with that, you know, because those foundational ones, stress management, sleep, diet, exercise, um, I think it's always a toss up for me with all of those they are important, but I think the sleep and the stress management, they feed into each other. So sleep, especially if you have bipolar disorder, type one, which I have or, or had, is, is, so foundational and like you said you know rhythm and routine really important for those adrenal glands and for our hormone balance within the body so i know there's many theories about sleep and so i'm not here to argue those or promote any of them i just think as you talked about with eating you want to be able to listen to your body right mm -hmm. your body is always talking to you the problem is most of us aren't listening because we're so much stuck right here living from the neck up and we discount the body. I mean, we might as well just have little knees underneath our chins, right? And we're just running around <laughs> like that, right? Because so many people aren't listening to the body. Right. And so for me, sleep is, I mean, I think I'm a little probably, um, well, I was going to say a little obsessed about it, but I, I'm, I take it very seriously. And it's, it's a very important piece, I think, for preventing one of the reasons why I have been able to be psychosis free for so long is because I don't let stress feed. I don't, I don't let stress disrupt my sleep. So sleep is when you restore, when you repair, when you rejuvenate. So ideally, you know, you, you want to hit the pillow and be able to fall asleep and stay asleep until the morning and wake up, you know, seven, eight, maybe some people, maybe it's only six hours for me, seven, eight, nine hours later and wake up and feel great. Get up. Like I feel better now at almost 54 than I felt at 24, mm -hmm. right? More energy, more vitality. Um, so the routine that I have is I think it's really important to journal to close out the day, to sort of process the day, if there's anything there, especially as healers, we, we have, you know, if, if anybody's working in mental health the way I am, I mean, I spend most of my day talking people off the ledge, right? So it's heavy, right? It's heavy. And yeah. not to mention that I've been there. So I get it. Um, 
so journaling and then I do uh, a breathing and a bit of praying meditation and then I tune in with my body and I ask the question do I need anything to support myself this is kind of tuning in with the heart right listening to that voice that resides within all of us that nobody many people are listening to so listening and you can call it your intuition voice of God um, your spirit whatever your gut instinct you know whatever word floats your boat um and and then i listen to that response so sometimes i do take support melatonin or 5-hdp or gaba or chamomile tea or hops or you know i have a sleep tincture that that i compound so you know you just i just support myself as i need and um and every day is different and every day just depends on the day before because if i had a you know some days my sleep is awesome and I can tell you in this last month with entering menopause that it's been a little bit of a, you know, I'm thinking God must be a man. Because yeah. <laughs> no, woman, no, no woman would do this to another woman. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, but the hormones, right? Hormones play a role. And, and so, but the key thing, if you do have, if, if, if anybody's listening and they have bipolar disorder is to, is to not, get anxious about anything right mm -hmm. don't freak out about the fact that you, you might have only had four hours right the body can get by i mean we think about it, it's all about your thoughts around it because your thoughts can then feed into this concept you know of fear ultimately so we don't we don't want to ever go to the place of fear only love right um yeah and then i mean there's just so much with sleep right dark room blackout blinds yeah, i you know and, and that that's how i am because um for, for me like i talk about um, creating a physical sanctuary you know when, yes. when i like when i coach someone i would say you need a physical sanctuary an emotional sanctuary and a spiritual sanctuary you should yes. have all three and it's really nice when you're in your physical sanctuary and you do your spirit your your spiritual sanctuary talking to angels and guides and then you invite all your angels and guides into your emotional sanctuary and you just guys just go have fun together and people are like i've never thought of it like that mm -hmm. so for me my physical sanctuary is my bedroom mm -hmm. so i've created a very very positive healing space I, I i collect crystals um you know some people are like well do you have an altar and it's like well altars are different for different people it's not like an altar thinking of like witchcrafts an altar mm -hmm. is just something to where you put things that mean to you things that bring you a spark of joy you mm -hmm. have on a shelf or a table you know for, so for me i have i have the shelf where i've got some crystals I, i've got pictures of my family i've got uh, plane tickets to where i went on my honeymoon you know all these different things are there and it, when i look at them it just brings joy right and i have i have these on shelves i have floating shelves all around my room thanks to ikea <laughs> um, <laughs> you know so, so i i have all these things in my little statues of angels all these different things so i can look anywhere in my room and i feel at peace or i feel joy yeah. and nice. i create i've created that and, and i always tell my husband when when like for me my most peaceful and serene time of the day is getting into bed it's where i feel safest we usually will sit there and we just talk or we watch a comedy before bed or just just something that's, that's interesting uh and, and I'm, i get he and i both get very good sleep because we have we've created the space and we have our rituals of what we do yeah that's know, right uh, and, and it, it, it's so important and please have these kind of rituals and routines for yourself and create this sacred space if you want to get good sleep and it really works yes and you, you touched on a really important point that i missed in the sense that what you do 
Well, first of all, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. But what you do in that two hours before bed is really important. And so protecting that, you know, so we don't, we don't want to be having difficult conversations, you know, save that till no. tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you're, you don't want to go to bed angry, but you, you right. want to, um, the point is that a lot of people are on their phones, right? They're on these <laughs> devices and that affects your sleep, not only from the EMF perspective, from an energetic perspective, as you know, with, with being a Reiki master, but also from the blue light perspective. Yep. So get those phones out completely of your yep. space. I've set, I set mine down in, well, actually put it either down in the kitchen area or up in my office, but close the door, done. I don't look at yep. it. I yep. don't that, look that, at that's it. So, that's so healthy. I, I have a 27 year old personal trainer that does that. Like after like 8.30, you can't reach him. He just turns yeah. it off. Good um, boundaries. And, 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 and it's crazy because his clients go nuts and they're like, I need to, and other personal trainers, they're like, we need to be able to reach you. I'm like, no. And he's like, no, you don't. And he's so, he's so set in that. And I have to say that I'm so proud of him because he gets it. Someone usually of that age, like I, yeah. I'm your age, you know, I'm your age. I'm in my early fifties. So for us, it's easy, but for a 27 year old to do that, especially a guy, he's like, no, it, it, it can wait till tomorrow. This is my time. I read, I journal, I reflect and I get ready for bed. And then he gets up at four or five a.m. and starts his day and does his morning rituals. Yeah, um, you know, and, and it's it's such a, a healthy, loving way to do it, you know. And uh, so, if you're listening today, please, please try to try to do those. Reach reach out. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put contact information in for for um, Dr. Dr. Chris as well as my own contact information. If you guys have any questions about anything we've talked about today, you, you know, with, with sleep and, and understanding and the importance of routines. Um, you know, please, please let us know because it, it's so important that, that you, you know, you get all the help that you can. Mm -hmm. one, one thing you touched on was hormones. Um, I, I take testosterone. Mm -hmm. So I, w I went to a, a doctor and we, we did my levels and they were very low. And I, I went on it because I was thinking, I just, I didn't know that much about it. And when I learned about how important testosterone is for every organ in the body, you know, everybody's like, well, you're just doing it so you can have sex. It's like, no, that, that's, mm -mm. that's not it. That, like that, that's not the issue. It's energy. I, I literally had no energy and I was mm -hmm. worn down and, and I felt older. Uh, so I've been on uh, testosterone therapy with my doctor for almost two years now. And I, my, my levels went from like, there was 300. Now I keep them right around the 800 range. I, I think I float right around the eight, eight seventy five uh, as I get my tests. Um, and for me, that's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel like my energy level is like, like you said, I have more energy now than I did when I was in my twenties. Um, well, and the other thing with testosterone is it's a root for a lot of, so this, this is the thing, you know, we've talked about root cause medicine, right? So mm -hmm. there's three macro systems in your body, neurotransmitters, neuroendocrine system, organs of detoxification and your immune system. But many men who I see in their, well, it actually it doesn't matter what the age one of the things we want to be looking at is hormones, especially not only just testosterone, but DHEA as well. Um, because if you have low testosterone, depression is, is a symptom. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, I don't remember his name, but there was a, a um, fairly well-known news anchor, I think he was, and he had a heart attack, but he had low testosterone. And there's a connection and I, there's a connection with heart function and testosterone. So and, and that, yeah. and that's exactly why I took my test because I, and I had arrhythmia 
and when I was diagnosed with arrhythmia, they took they took my testosterone and they saw them okay. low, and that, that's what kind of got the, the everything started. Mm -hmm. um, and ever since I've been on testosterone, I have not had an arrhythmia incident at all. Mm. Um, and, and but but I feel incredible in, in, in so many ways, and and being self-employed, um, I work a lot, mm. you know, because it's one of those things where you're just constantly going, and you know, I have my own dreams and trying to do, and I have a lot of clients that I help. Um, and, and I do the white work-life balance and, and all things in moderation, but I have so much energy. It, it's crazy. I, I run circles around people uh, and I love that about myself and, and I love where I'm at right now because of hormones. But what's, it's like we talked earlier with, when you say the word natural, naturopathic people like this is a dirty word. When you say testosterone, it's like a dirty word, you know, because, <laughs> because it's abuse in the health and fitness industry and this right. abuse of bodybuilders yeah, and yeah. all these things. So, so when they, like they, there's such a stigma to it that men are afraid to go and get it checked out or there's such a stigma to, to go into a naturopathic where people think you're weird that they don't go and all my message to you today if you're listening is be freaking weird okay <laughs> you, you have got to do what's right for you don't let anything that society says don't let anything that people are telling you get in your way of taking control of your physical body you are not a, a physical being seeking spiritual you are a spiritual being in a physical body mm -hmm. okay? take control of, of that because it needs to last one thing i've learned from my experiences just with my own family and my in-laws especially they're in their 80s mm. and they they are run circles around me because they have so much muscle mass because they have worked out and done yoga and gone to the gym mm. uh, in their 40s 50s and 60s so now that they're in their 80s they're not hunched over they mm. do gardening they do a lot of yeah. stuff in the house they climb up the ladder to the attic all these different things because They've taken care of themselves. They eat well. They do all of these things. Um, and my, my mother-in-law is the one who taught me, uh, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. So it should be all <laughs> things in moderation. And that's some of the best wisdom she ever imparted on me, which was like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just, it, it's amazing with, with that moderation and getting in there. But naturopathic medicine is such an amazing thing. And if you have not, if you have not experienced it, if you have not, thought about it please get dr chris's book and and just just look at it and ask questions because i know a lot of insurance in the the united states they don't cover it um mm, or, some, yeah. some, or some do and you have to pay for it and then you get reimbursed in months after and right. a lot of people a lot of people are like well then i'm not going to do it i'm just going to go uh, because it's so easy to go to the urgent care or to the emergency room i'm just going to do that please take please take better care of yourself and realize that you're worthy <laughs> you, you, you know, you are so worthy of the proper care. You know, I know in America, whole food is expensive. You know, if you, if you try to eat whole holistic food, you're going to pay double, triple the price. Whereas you can just go to Taco Bell and get a dollar taco and, and you're, you're done. But again, I, I'm, I'm challenging you to just figure out different ways that what can yeah, you- Yeah, and I just want to touch on that because here's the thing, you know, we have, again, we've outsourced a lot of stuff. And so we've outsourced our diet, right, to- yeah to places and and so you want to understand that actually I mean, you don't you don't you don't all have to shop at whole foods right i mean that's right. definitely an overpriced place i i yes. totally agree but it doesn't cost you much to grow like sprouting my husband is big into sprouting so sprouting is very very low cost to entry investment mm -hmm. uh and and then and these 
these nutrients from the sprouts are very, um, very so dense, good. rich, right? <laughs> so that is an, like a lot of people say, well, I live in an apartment. I can't, you know, there's people have excuses for everything, but mm-hmm. you can, there's ways around all of this and you can plant a small little garden on a balcony. You can yeah. grow a tomato plant. You can plant a lettuce. So it doesn't have to be expensive. And, right. um, and an article on my blog is what, what price do you put on your health? Because the most important asset and vehicle that you've been given is not the one that you sit and drive in, okay? It's or not the house that you live in. It's the body and your brain. So invest in those. Invest in those. Make that your number one investment. Everyone else is is we've gotten way off track in North America, way off track in terms of our priorities. And unfortunately, we value the mighty dollar, and that is not what you should be valuing. I, I get it. Like I know it's not easy, but listen, I left a a huge corporate job to, and I by asking one question: if money didn't matter, what would I be doing in my life? Love that. So many people are living and working in a job that may be high paying, and and but it's so high stress. And that comes with a price. Like that quote by the Dalai Lama is very powerful, right? Man, something along the lines he asked him what what puzzles him about man. He said that they sat. He said what puzzles me about man is that he sacrifices his health to gain wealth, and then he uses his wealth to regain his health. So you know, just focus on your health. And 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 I'm not saying to to. Um, like for me, it was a big deal. I was working in a job because, because it was not, um, it really was sucking the life out of me. And I'm, I'm all, I'm well known. Well, I don't know if I'm well known for this, but many of my patients, like I, I'm always asking them, do you like what you do? And a lot of them say they don't. And I'm like, well, why are you doing it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's not easy to change your career. I know it's not no, easy. It's, I did it. Yeah. Right? I, I went back to high school at 33. I know it's not easy. So yep. I know that and I and I know it's difficult and I thankfully was able to do that because I didn't have children and I it was very frugal and I I was able to do it. So I know it's not in the cards for everybody, but there's so many things that are like you're saying in your power and in your control and if you step up and take responsibility for your life and your health um, don't wait for the government to support you because they're just never going to. So yeah. anyway, long long sort of thing because it's a real we have the problem that problem here in Canada too. People won't come because it's not covered by the healthcare system. And I'm like, if you're waiting for your health to be covered by the healthcare system, then uh, you have to cover your health. You exactly. do exactly. You have to figure <laughs> out there, there, there's a way to do it. And, and that's what you're saying. Like for me, two years ago, I quit. I quit. I was doing this as a side hustle for years. And two years ago, I quit a good paying job. And I was like, I'm just going all in. And I talked to my husband. And he's like, Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And the first the first year, horrible. Uh, I mean, it was like we we had what we needed, but not what we wanted, which was fine. And then I remember it was December of last year. I was like, oh, I made it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> doing great. January, wonderful. And then February, COVID. And I'm right. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so then I had to completely revamp my business. And now I'm back. Yeah. Um, and, and I have been for a while, a few months now, because I, I accepted the challenge. I was very resilient and I believed in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you're a healer, you're probably working that nine to five job and you have, you know, that you, you have other things you want to do and you want to be happy. And, and uh, what was that question again? If, um, if, if, you, money, if money doesn't, if money didn't matter. So take that out of the equation. What would you be doing with your life? Okay, so if you're listening, ask yourself that question 
because that right there tells you that you have a life's purpose that's greater than where you're currently living. Mm-hmm. So, so let's work on that. And that's what I, that's what I do with coaching. Um, you know, again, reach out questions. I can help point you in the right directions. There's plenty of online materials to help you find your life's purpose and to help you transition into a side hustle. But if you, if you're a healer, if you feel dedicated to help others and heal others, don't deny that. And that, that's what this podcast is about. Dr. Chris, I, I'm so pleased that you've been on the show today. Thank you so much for, for all of your wisdom and input. And, and you have several books. Um, did you have four, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's uh, the, main, the, the main one is Beyond the Label, 10 Steps yeah. to Improve Your Mental Health with Naturopathic Medicine. And then there's uh, The Essential Diet. The Essential Diet, yeah. Yeah, Eating for yeah. Mental Health. And then there's the journal, which is moving beyond a journal into self-discovery, which is nice. a companion journal to the book. And then in the summer, there was one, I, I mean, it was a compilation um, book called From Shadows to Light, A Whole Human Approach to Mental Health. I, but if I people are wanting to learn more and work, if you, you know, I have an online program for patients, uh, for people who were wanting to dive a bit deeper into the 10 steps I talk about in the book. And then for clinicians, so people who are listening that are healers, I ha- also have a training for for uh, that I offer for clinicians in terms of just diving deeper into the this mental emotional spiritual side um, of what I've learned in my studies with with teachers like Eckhart Tolle and Jeff Foster and Pima Chodron and Wayne Dyer and Jack Gornfeld and Tara Brock and all of these there's I mean the list goes on and on so I've done a lot of you know, obviously Gabor Mate, I've done a lot of studying myself. Um, so I combine what I've learned into this program as well. So there's that as well for people. That's awesome. I'm so excited about that. And uh, in the show notes today, I'm going to put um, a link to um, Dr. Chris's content creation of their website and the things that she talked about. And also um, you mentioned your blog post earlier. I'll put a link to that blog post um, as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, because that, that way um, I, I like to put things that we talk about in the show notes for people to reference. Um, but I want to say thank you so much. And it has been such a pleasure. Your book was amazing. And, and I wish you nothing but happiness and success. And if you're listening today, you know, please, again, it's your body. Take control of it and ask the questions. Find out the root cause of things. Don't, don't just go for the, the quick fix because you're better than that. You deserve better. Take care, everyone.